Hi everyone, welcome to the first episode of the Equality Reformers podcast. I'm your host, Maz Clark. And before we move on to the show, I need to get some things out of the way. For some reason during the podcast, I kept saying equal reformers. I don't know why, because at the end I say equality reformers, but for some reason I said equal reformers. So that is completely my bad. And just to give a couple of plugs for myself, please check out my comedy channel, The Blind Humor, and my Instagram, and the links will be in the description below, along with the link to the group page for the Equality Reformers. Now let's meet my first guest, the guy who started the group Equality Reformers, Herschel Levine. Hey, Herschel, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing great, you know, just living the quarantine life. How's your quarantine going? Um, it's going okay. Uh, I like to have social activity like this. It's nice to see a face right now, through a screen. Right now, my hair is growing crazy. That's why I'm wearing a hat. I'm, the, I'm doing the quarantine hair look. So I'm trying to see how long I can grow it and then buzz it when I have to go to work. Yeah, the, well, in my case, I don't know what the back of my head looks like, and uh, neither will you, because <laughs> nobody's going to get to see it. <laughs> you have a mullet going? Do you have a mullet? I, I honestly, I honestly actually don't know. I try to take a razor to stuff, but I have no clue uh, what it looks like. <laughs> you know, back in Alabama, the mole is a very popular thing. <laughs> so, on to more important stuff. We're here for Equal Reformers, the group you started, even though you don't like taking credit for it. So tell me about the group. Um, well, we are a movement fighting for basic rights for all. Uh, rights that should be given guaranteed to everybody, right? That in modern America are only guaranteed to the wealthiest Americans. And coronavirus makes all of this much more urgent. Not only are Americans people, the American people getting sick, but they are losing their livelihoods. Yeah, and so what are you looking to get out of the group? What are the goals for the group? Well, the the equality reformers are shooting to uh, uh, ensure rights. And right now we live in a time where this disease is a majority minority disease across the nation, uh, blacks, Hispanics, Native Americans, and impoverished people are dying at significantly faster rates. And this isn't an accident. This is a result of inequality that was in place before the epidemic started. And just so that people know, if I pause longer or you pause longer, it's because the connection might be bad both ways. So if I'm not responding, that's why I'm catching up <laughs> to the audio. <laughs> you, you actually froze for a second when you said pause. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. So um, do you think Republicans and Democrats are doing anything to help help the regular person yes but but it's 
you know, there's a question of who are they helping? And mm -hmm. we are a nonpartisan group. We don't necessarily identify with either. But for example, we are the wealthiest country in the world. We are wealthier, we have more money than all of Europe put together. Mm -hmm. And despite being the wealthiest country in the world, I still hear politicians saying, well, we can't help that way. How are we going to pay for it? And the fact the is... Famous question. How can you pay for it? Right. And the fact is the coronavirus relief package that they passed, 82% of the money were making over a million dollars. And it's no wonder they say they can't help us. They're busy helping themselves and they're busy helping the wealthy elites. Mm -hmm. And it's theft. And that's what I posted on Facebook too, that we're a nonpartisan group. This isn't a Democrat or Republican thing. This is just for everyone. Right. Especially and, the ones being left out. Yeah. And, you know, it's worth noting, except for certain industries, the financial districts, Wall Street, corporations, have been split almost close to 50-50 in campaigns that they donate to. So Democrats and Republicans are getting elected off of corporate and Wall Street money, both. Mm -hmm. And this is a problem that trickles down into pretty much every part of our society. You know, when I said we're fighting for rights, when I say rights, I'm talking housing. Close to a third of Americans weren't able to pay their rent in April. Uh, making sure they have food on the table, utilities, clean water, electricity, sewage. Uh, in this day and age, frankly, an internet connection is a requirement, especially if you have students home from school because of coronavirus in order to get them an education. Um, we're fighting for things like universal enfranchisement, vote by mail. We're fighting for uh, safe jobs with the living wage and healthcare. This is basic stuff that everybody should have. But right now in our society, only the wealthy have these rights guaranteed to them. Yep, and when people suggest vote by mail, or these other things that you talk about, they just say no, there's no alternative, there's no discussion, there's no, well, instead of mail-in ballots, let's try doing this. It's just no, with no alternative suggestion. You, you phased out for a moment. Could you repeat the last? I'm saying the, the people that say no to mail-in ballots and some of the other stuff you talk about, they just say no, there's no alternative suggestion coming from the other side. Right, and, and the fact is there's almost always an alternative. <laughs> they just don't want you to know it's there. Yep, and with this group, you started off with a small number and it's slowly gaining and gaining, and you want people to spread out the word. How are some ways that you and other people are spreading the word? Uh, as, as a group, there's, there's two main functions that we have. We're an advocacy group, and we are also a humanitarian, like charitable group. And when we talk about spreading the word, uh, every single week, 
we are going to lobby. We're going to call local politicians. If we're going to make a difference, it's got to be loud. Because right now, the politicians are listening to the wealthy elite. So every week, we call local officials with our demands. And, you know, I'll, I'll add on to that, you know, question of, well, does that make a difference? And the answer is, you better believe it. Uh, these politicians have their jobs on the line. And locally, elections are won and lost by 20 or 30 votes. So if we as a group get them 20, 30, maybe eventually 100 or 200 phone calls saying we care about this issue, that's going to make a difference. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if you kept up with the news because I know you were busy with finals because you're a college boy with that big, huge college debt. Um, $40,000 and growing. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't know if you saw the two new recent bills that the House and Senate are introducing with the Bernie Sanders and Kamala Harris bill and the House bill. But the Bernie Sanders bill is, let's give everyone $2,000 starting from, I believe, back in March and go all the way up until the pandemic's over and three months after. While the House bill that they're introducing, which, by the way, none of these are going to get passed, the House bill is $6,000 max. Again, just like the, was it $1,200, which I didn't get yet. Um, do you like any of those bills? Do those, any of those bills where you're like, you know, we should be fighting for that one? Um, on the Bernie Sanders and Kamala uh, Harris one, uh, the answer is pretty much absolutely. In fact, when we call Congress this week, we are going to be asking them for stuff that's in that bill. Mm -hmm. Because uh, a one-time payment assist. Oh, say again? No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It paused, so I thought you were done, so I started talking, continue. <laughs> no, uh, no problem. Uh, a one-time payment of $2,000. Uh, to everyone, including, should be included, college students and uh, even undocumented uh, workers here, and $1,200 every month to follow that. Um, in this call for Congress, also mentioned we should have, while this epidemic is going on, a freeze on all rent, mortgage, and debt payments including student loans, because like this thing that they passed where they handed out the $1,200, I think that's absolutely great uh, on paper, but it ended up being a landlord bailout because most people took that $1,000 and then had to immediately hand it off for a rent payment and or putting food on the table that should be for medication uh, that should be for necessities to keep the household running. So other nations have already frozen rent payments. Uh, there's no reason the United States shouldn't be able to do that. And one of the things that we're fighting for is a living wage. Right now in the United States, a living wage is $16, $16 an hour uh, for someone who's working full time. And 
there's, there's no reason that we really shouldn't have that, especially as a leading nation. Mm -hmm. And just to play... Uh, right now, family, go, go for it. Um, sorry to interrupt again, stupid internet. But um, just to play devil's advocate about what you were saying about even undocumented workers should get the $2,000 a month. I have some strict right-wing Republicans who say illegals should not get any money whatsoever because they think that they don't pay taxes. The illegals don't pay taxes things is, is a bit of a fallacy um, because undocumented people actually do feed a lot of money into our tax system in a variety of different ways. Uh, you know, they have to live somewhere, they have to eat, uh, they mm -hmm. have to buy gas. They, sometimes, depending on where they work, they still have money siphoned off for, for taxes. So when you look at the system, they are actually paying a lot of money in and not getting anything back out of it because they don't have access to any sort of, you know, welfare programs, food programs, uh, the same education benefits that everybody else has. So the, the, the tax thing, I actually think that they are boosting the system. Uh, they are taxation without representation. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, why they should, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're good. Go on. As far as why they should get the help, the, the reason is simple. Um, they have families very often with American citizens in those families, uh, and they need to take care of those families. And we as the country, if we stop doing things like this $2 trillion tax cut to the rich, we can afford to take care of everybody and have them all well off if that's an important thing that you just said that many people don't think of when it comes to undocumented workers when they come here they meet someone fall in love have a kid therefore the kid is an american their spouse might be an american and they're still getting nothing because they're afraid of what may happen and all the repercussions that come with saying yeah i'm living here Yeah, and, and these are people who have uh, lived here for decades, whose kids go to our schools, whose kids go to our colleges. These are, you know, upstanding members of the community. And uh, it's just wrong sort of to leave them in the dark with no other option. And it also helps the economy if we keep them stable and afloat. Yep. Again, people seem to forget that when they shop, they're paying taxes, all that kind of stuff. But yet you have companies like Amazon yeah. who've paid zero in taxes. Yeah. So now you've had two meetings with the group. So what were the first two meetings about? So the first one was about trying to just get us organized and off the ground. It was a question of, um, okay, we're all here. 
What do we stand for? What is it that we want to do? And that's still actually a question that we ask every meeting, but we posted a poll to Facebook and went around and tried to analyze and find out, you know, what do they care about? Is it, is it helping poor people? Is it helping rent? Uh, is it the environment? Is it corporate greed? What are we going to fight for? And once we worked that out as a group, the next meeting was about, well, what's our plan of action? And that's when we discussed uh, calling Congress. And that's calling Congress as our Thursday, yeah, Thursday the 14th, right? Right, at 4 o'clock. And Thursday uh, every week after. And okay. also local officials. The, and, and as I'm discussing this, I'll mention there's one more event. And this is the first time I'm actually going to mention it. But uh, food banks have incredibly high demand right now and are getting almost no donation. Mm -hmm. So as a group, our next project is going to be making sure that the food banks have enough food to take care of the people they need to take care of. So we as members are going to donate, but we're also going to call local businesses and politicians and see if we can get a drive off the ground to get the local businesses and also the farms that have food wasting away, try to get them to stock the shelves of our local food pantries. Speaking of that, isn't it funny how we're talking about how there might be a meat shortage and our president just sent a whole bunch of beef and poultry, whatever, to China? <laughs> I, I didn't hear about him sending it off, but, but it doesn't surprise me that he, that he would. Yeah, it was just reported yesterday. I was like, that's hilarious. Did, did you hear about what's going on in the meatpacking plants? Yeah, that pretty much everyone who's working there is getting coronavirus, but got to keep it open. It's essential. Yeah. Last I heard, I believe they had 900 cases. And the companies are not providing uh, the sanitation things that basically the workers need, you know, the environment and the masks and gloves and everything to make sure that they're not all getting sick. And then I imagine 900 workers get sick. That's mm -hmm. thousands of people catching it from them. Yep. And, and none stuff of them, they touch, you know, we're getting too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we uh, just saw yesterday Elon Musk going on one of his Twitter rants and he called the governor again. This just shows if you have money who you can call. He called the governor of California and said, I'm opening up the factory. And then he posted in the tweet, I'm opening up the factory. I'm going to work side by side with the employees. And if you're going to arrest anyone, arrest me which that's just a stunt right there. Arrest me so you can get your photo off, whatever. But I thought that was interesting to be able to call your governor. Does anyone else have that ability to call the governor on the phone? I got him on speed dial. No. Uh, it must be nice. It's Elon Musk has blackmailed the governor 
has blackmailed the local governments. In fact, I, I want to say it was Seattle, but I'm not sure. But what he's done is to add the government. And he said, all right, guys, if you're going to close down the government, I will take my factories elsewhere. I will take my jobs and money elsewhere. Yeah, which and is hilarious because you got to protect the workers. But he's not trying to protect the workers. He's trying to fire them to move his factory. How does that help the workers? Right. That doesn't care about them whatsoever. And, you know, Elon Musk isn't alone in this. Uh, I'll oh. add a, a Jeff Bezos. Mm hmm You know, the head of Amazon and Whole Foods. Uh, part of what we do as a group is we boycott us and try to promote other businesses. And we're boycotting Whole Foods and Amazon right now because Jeff Bezos came out and docked uh, the health care of his workers, took it away. Everyone working less than 30 hours a week at Whole Foods, he took away their health care right as the pandemic was about to start. And the horrifying thing about this is done out of sheer greed. Jeff Bezos makes enough in two hours to cover the health care for all of the workers he just cut health care for. It's a drop in the bucket for him. Yep, it's amazing when you think about it. So they gave up trillions of dollars. Most of it went to, you know, the billionaires and big corporations, all that stuff. There's 325, 30 million people living in America. You could have given everyone in America a million dollars with that money. Trust me, they would have spent it on the economy. They would have bought in food. <laughs> every, all the, every penny of that would have gone back into the economy. And when we give these guys tax breaks, when we give them money, it, it definitely doesn't. Most of these are international corporations. They have no loyalty to the United States. And when we give them money, the workers aren't seeing it. They're pocketing it or spending it on shares in their company and uh we we gave them two trillion dollars in 2017 and we're never going to see that money again yep so far the only good billionaire i've seen so far which i know there's a couple of them but um mark cuban has actually come out and said there should be no stock buybacks um he's talked about increasing the minimum wage to 15 dollars He's been talking about a universal basic income. He actually seems to be coming around thanks to the pandemic, whereas before he was on the extreme right of the economy and um, how the economy works, all that good stuff. Well, I'm, I'm happy to hear all of that. Uh, you know, I'll mention the stock buybacks is actually a big one because that is part of the reason that we as a country since 1982 is so messed up. It was illegal to buy your own stocks until 1982. And what companies do now is they go to Congress. When a good guy like you or me calls up our representative or donates to a campaign or tries to lobby, we do it because we believe in something. When a company does it, they do it as an investment. Mm -hmm. Chase Bank 
I think it was Chase Bank, invested $9 million in lobbying. And they got $2 billion out of that lobbying for free. And the other way they gather money is by uh, cutting the wages of their employees, cutting their employee benefits, doing everything they can to suck the money out of them. And what do they do with all this money? Well, CEOs like Jeff Bezos uh, are paid in stocks. So to make their stock worth more, they buy back all of their company stocks that they can with this new money. Mm -hmm. And they get ripped by undercutting everybody else by taking money from the government that could have been used on education or feeding people or roads or jobs by hurting their own employees. And then they take the money and use it to line their own pockets. Yep. So I know I'm jumping all over the place with this you know, <laughs> conversation, but um, when I first met you, you weren't that big into at least politics. You were still involved like the LGBTQ um, club and some other ones, but was it your experience in college that started making you go, things just aren't right? Well, the, one of the first things that actually got me involved had to do with um, undocumented people. Uh, I have people that I am very close with. And I had fear about every time they go to the grocery store. You know what I mean? They might not come back. They get pulled over or stopped on the way. And uh, that kind of terrified me. And it woke me up to all of these other issues, like you mentioned, LGBT and uh, minorities and income inequality, where I realized how horrifically messed up our system is. And I wanted to change it. And I knew I couldn't be in wanting to change it, which is why I started this group. You know, I, for a while, I kind of felt a little bit helpless. And then I realized, hey, there's something I can actually do about it. Mm -hmm. So I, I went to school. Uh, at the end of the summer, I'll have my master's in political science. It's what I ended up dedicating my life to. And, uh, and also what fed into it was before I wanted to go into political science, I wanted to be a uh, education teacher, work with students with disabilities. And I think that also fed into it too, because I went through the school system. Uh, I myself actually have a learning disability. I'm visual spatial and I have an auditory processing disorder. And I saw how little our school system cared for those students. And I felt like I had to do something there. And I realized that through politics, I could make big changes for a lot of people. So, so what's next? Are you going into law school? What's next for you? Oh, say again, what's next? What's next for you after you get your master's in political science? Are, are you going to go to law school? Are you done? Are you just going to go into um, advocation? What do you, what's the plan? 
the plan is I want to go get my doctorate, hopefully, and uh, my PhD. Mm -hmm. And what I want to do is I, I'd like to teach. I'd really like to become a, a professor. But I want to spend the rest in some form of advocacy, helping our communities. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's pretty much my plan. So when's, again, jumping around. So when is the next meeting for the ER? equal reformers uh, the next equality reformers meeting is going to be on saturday um and let me see if i can pull up the date it's not this saturday but the the next one we have one a meeting every other saturday and um while i look on thursday and every thursday from here on out we will be contacting congress so everyone, local representative. Yeah. And uh, the next equality reformers meeting is going to be on, um, it's going to be on the 23rd, May 23rd, Saturday okay. at 6 o'clock. Behind every average man, there's a better woman. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, how, one of those. <laughs> so, how how is your girlfriend involved with this? Which I do want to talk to her later, but uh, for for her, this is a daily thing. Um, she helped me put this stuff together pretty much from the get-go. Yeah, and I know she did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, whether it comes to uh, advice on sort of what I put out there or events or a variety of other things, she's always at the forefront. In fact, uh, she posts maybe almost as much as I do on the Equality Reformers page. She's the one who puts out some of the polls and other stuff where she tries to get an idea of how people are feeling what they want. Yeah, she and, likes my comments before you do, so I like her more. <laughs> yeah, she, she would. I'm actually really lucky to have her because I love organizing, but I've definitely got my weaknesses. Uh, I have a lot of, I have a lot of big ideas and she helps me stay grounded you know she helps me really put this stuff together and also uh to the liking thing she's uh, social media than uh i would say that i am and she helps mm -hmm. a lot there too yeah i always notice her posting a lot on there and i i keep watching the membership grow where i think when it first started was in the 30s when I started keeping track of it and now it's doubled at that and and we've we've got she's one of them we've got uh, members next to them too who have really been speaking out and trying to get people into the group and 
it's amazing, especially with coronavirus, with us doing everything digitally, how national we have become. We've got members in Georgia, Washington, Ohio, Texas. Uh, they're all over the place. Mm-hmm. So things are looking good for the equal reformers, gaining popularity. And when I say that, I mean, you know, membership growth is going good. And each meeting, you're going over new stuff. So I know you touched on it a little bit with the charitable stuff, like with the food bank. But there was also something important that you talked about in the first meeting that I thought was pretty awesome about when a, a gay person comes out to their family or something like that and they get kicked out. You want to be able to help them, whether that be with rent money, finding a place yeah. to live. Can you go over that a little bit? Yeah, and, and there's a little bit of history to that. When I first started in college, there was a LGBT group on my campus. And we had members who were either outed or came out to their families and it wasn't safe to be there anymore. Either A, they got kicked out or in some cases they were assaulted or uh, uh, threatened or attacked. And what we were able to do as a group was basically get them from house to house, right? A lot of the time, you know, they might have been sleeping on the couch, but wh whatever we did, we tried to make sure that they weren't alone while they went through this. And I know there's some members that we kept afloat up until they were finally able to get their own apartment. We kept them stable enough to stay in college while all this was going on. Uh, kept them around long enough to get work and stuff. So I, I would like to see our group be able to offer help. And maybe, like you said, maybe it's help with rent. Maybe there's social services or other programs we can direct them to. Or, you know, maybe we would let them crash on somebody's couch. But if they are being kicked out for something like that, that they should be supported while they're going to it. And... I would extend that because of the pandemic, say that this applies to LGBT people, but it also applies to anybody who's being evicted from their home. We'll stand with you. We'll make sure that you don't end up going through this alone. Yeah, because I think that was really impressive when you spoke about it at the first meeting. I thought that was really awesome. Yeah. And I almost knocked over my background. So that was real cool of me. <laughs> so everyone that's watching this on YouTube or Facebook. Yeah, I apologize for jumping around all over the place. But maybe it's my ADHD that I haven't been diagnosed with, but probably. <laughs> <laughs> so is there anything else you'd like to add? Um. I, I, I got a good one. I got a good one. I can't believe I didn't say this sooner. How do people find equal reformers? The, the Equality Reformer Facebook page, 
uh, eventually we'll open it up to other social media platforms. Um, but what we'll do is maybe in the video or the podcast, wherever you share it, we'll post a link in the description so mm -hmm. people can find it. Um, yeah, definitely do that. Yeah, and and wherever you live, wherever you are, you know, we'll we'll accept you. Uh, we are a a nationwide group, uh, and. I guess the last thing I'll mention, right, um, uh, Saturday after next, we will have our uh, next meeting at 6 p.m., which you can find off of the Facebook group. It'll be a video meeting, so you'll get to meet all of us. And uh, this Thursday, we will be calling Congress with our list of demands, demands like making sure everybody has what they need while they're going through the coronavirus epidemic and uh, also hopefully protecting workers. Yeah, saying demands and kind of something we're being and, like um, angry, but we're just advocating what should be a given. This isn't like we're asking to be millionaires or something. We're asking for human decency. Right, and, and you know, if we do sound angry, it, it is for a reason. Mm -hmm. Because we live in a nation with enough wealth to very handily take care of everybody and nobody should have to work in these conditions or live in these conditions and yeah, it's almost like you're in a big crowd of people and nobody's listening to you and you're like you have to like scream just so people are like what did he say what did she say what <laughs> and and that's exactly the point we we do have to scream and yell and shout and we're we're gonna do it we're gonna do whatever it takes to be heard by our local governments and by our local businesses. And um, the, the last thing I'll mention is we'll be doing that food drive. And if you'd like to help get food to your local pantries, uh, we definitely need it, not just for donations, but also to make phone calls. Yeah, that, that's an important thing to do. And it's a simple thing to do. Anyone can spare, you know, a little bit of food, whether that be, you know, canned food, some tuna fish, you know, some basic stuff, you know, goes a long way. Yeah. And, and when I talk about uh, also just to bring it back around to being angry and being heard, uh, you know, we'll try to be respectful, but as we're reaching out to politicians and we are being loud, we just don't want to, we don't just want to call them. We're, we're going to clog their inboxes. We're going to go onto their social media. We're going to reach them in every way possible. Yeah, because you have to be acknowledged. You have to get heard. Yeah. I mean, one phone call, they'll be like, eh, forget it. But if you're constantly calling them, keeping it clogged up, they're like, okay, what are they saying? What do they want? <laughs> Like, oh, thank you for caring about me. The person, you're supposed to be representing me. Thank you for caring. Hey, and you know, if somebody make a phone call, especially a lot of people, they're going to know that you're not alone. You know, mm -hmm. you're not the only one who, who cares enough about this to actually say something. So here's the hope and we're going to change the system. Yep. Is, is that it for you? So if it is in closing, you know, join us on Facebook at the Equal Reformers and 
tune in for what's coming up next and um, calling your representative this Thursday, keeping that line busy and meeting, not this Saturday, but next Saturday, the 23rd? Yeah. May 23rd. And uh, I, I really hope I see you guys there. Yeah, I hope to see you all there too. And again, this is Moz Clark, Mozzie Kakalaki, depending on what Zoom is showing. And that's Herschel B. Levin. Speaking of Herschel B. Levin, I have to ask you this real quick. What does the B stand for? Bluestein. I can't believe I did. I knew that. I've actually got two. <laughs> now that you said I was like, I knew that. <laughs> but on Facebook, I see the B, and I was like, what, 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 what's the B? <laughs> I, I sign things, and I end up always running over the line. I can't fit my name on anything. <laughs> so hopefully see y'all in the next meeting. Until next time, this is the Quality Reformers Podcast signing off. <laughs>